am. Boom. It's going. I'm here. I blew down. Landed. Stood up. I don't know what today is because I'm in quarantine mode. So who knows what day it is. But hey, y'all. We're here. I am here with a guest, though. So I'm going to go ahead and allow her to introduce herself, and we'll get into this week's topic. So go right ahead. Hey, everybody. My name is Alicia. I am a speaker, teacher, writer. Um, I have a passion for um, supporting people and being their best selves. So I'm super excited to be um, sharing with Brittany, Brie Norell on her podcast, Level Up. And um, yeah. Yes. Leash, Alicia. Y'all please excuse me if I double back and forth between calling her Alicia and Leash. This is like my real life friend. So I'm super hyped for her to be here. And we have a lot to dive into today. It's super real. So y'all know that there's always a theme as far as um, a song reference. So um, this week we are talking about people just being in the wind. The you that you chose versus the the you that you fell into. So you'll understand a lot more about that once um, we dive into the topic and just Peel back everything, but get into this. Jay-Z, who is one of my favorite rappers, next to, well, I'm not going to reference him this week because I know y'all probably tired of it, but next to the other favorite rapper that I have, I really enjoy Jay-Z. So this is a What More Can I Say song reference, and it's literally three lines that y'all are going to get today. He says, Jay-Z says, I'm everywhere, you ain't never there, and then he says, Meg, why would I ever care? I'm, I'm probably I wouldn't usually say the, the whole word, but you know I'm gonna be respectful this week. So again, he said I'm everywhere. You ain't never there, and such and such. Why would I ever care? So we are going to get into the first line of discussion about like where do you feel convictions come from? Let's talk about where we feel like convictions come from. So for me, I feel like my convictions come from my experiences. Um, how I was raised, what I was taught, the different interactions that I had, um, and through those interactions, learning right from wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think that learning right from wrong, but also learning what hurt me versus what made me better. I think that those, um, all those lessons and learnings, values are things that really help to shape and steer my convictions and my deep-rooted belief systems boom that was such a such a saucy <laughs> such a saucy explanation <laughs> of <laughs> what it sounds like for um where convictions come from for me I believe convictions are based on as you said life experiences I also think that they are based on somebody's moral code um so I think that's important to add to your moral code what do you stand for and I think that um if you don't have morals or if your morals are in the wind hello you are just all over the place so I I think that it's important for us to kind of understand where our convictions come from why do we have them and where did yours come from were they taught to you or are they really yours like have Mm -hmm. you have you weighed them and are they really yours Mm -hmm. so next thing um that kind of just leads into that is 
what does it mean to be in the wind? Like, can we get into that? Like, what are we talking about when we're talking about being in the wind and what that means? Man, when I think about being in the wind, I just think about having no direction. I think about something that has no roots, something that's just floating through life. Um, I almost get a picture of like tumbleweed. Like you're just reckless and haphazard in your decisions. And I don't even know if you can call them decisions. It's almost just like you fall (laughs) into everything. Um, But definitely think that being in the wind starts as you being more concerned about pleasure over purpose. When you're constantly being led by what makes you happy, what makes you feel good versus what is best for you. Um, I remember having a conversation with my sister-in-law a couple of years ago. We are both in our, well, I would say I am in my mid to late thirties. And I remember having a conversation with her and she said, I've come to a point in my life where food, I'm recognizing that food is no longer just about it tasting good. I'm at a place in my life where it now has to be about what makes me healthy, what makes Mm -hmm. me my best self. And I think that a lot of times as opposed to putting that value of health and of your best self, being your best self um, ahead of pleasure, that's how you find yourself becoming being in the wind. And man, I mean, of course, you know, I low key feel like I'm the relationship lady. So (laughs) I want to throw in, that was a good example. I also want to throw in the example of, Bro, when we are talking about relationships, like I know, like I can think of several examples of just people who are in the wind with um, their romantic relationships and mm-hmm. just the, the terrible, the terrible havoc that that wreaks. And what it's like to, I also, I know from dating somebody who just like did not just, just didn't know, like didn't know what direction. Like, came in strong. But then when it came time to start operating consistently with a level of, like, yo, I know what I'm doing, it's totally in the wind. Yeah. And it was difficult for me because you know how I am. I'm a person that I'm trying to find out what are we doing, where are we going. And because I have a stronger personality, sometimes it's difficult for me to let people lead specifically somebody I'm dating so I was trying to with this person in particular like I was trying to just like keep it cool and not do the takeover thing but this is what ended up happening well I ended I I just ended up getting into an argument I didn't want to but I'm just like man what what's what's happening like what's going on and so um I know for me Lack of conviction and lack of direction frustrates me. And I'm not saying like lack of conviction and lack of direction when it comes to you supposed to know what's happening or you supposed to have an idea and you just have nothing. And every time you're asked what's going on, what's the move, what's the plan, it's an IDK. I don't know. Mm. Or I got to think about it. Like that is probably one of my top pet peeves. Like, bro, if you don't figure out, ma'am, if you don't figure out What's going on? Why is the answer always, I don't know? Is it, I don't know, because you being lazy? 
or is it I don't know because you you just you you lost the sauce somewhere so um in addition to what you said as far as our physical health is also like it's also super important to be intentional of course in all areas but I just wanted to highlight specifically relationships and how unpleasant it can be when people are just they don't know nothing and in relationships what that also does is that places an additional burden of responsibility on somebody else oh say more when you don't carry your part and you have the inability to be decisive because you don't have any roots you're constantly floating in the wind now that puts the burden on somebody else to carry your weight oof Ooh, and then what? It, let's think about what that fallout usually looks like, though. Like, if somebody else is cut is carrying the other person's weight on top of whatever their roles and responsibilities are, um, what's the fallout that usually happens before that? Constant. I mean, excuse me. What's the fallout that usually happens with that? That's what I meant to say. Usually, what does that produce? Always consistent misunderstanding, mismanagement of resources that can cause mismanagement of time, just missing, just missing the mark in general. And that builds up stress. It builds up anxiety and it also builds up contention between the two. And what I found just from personal experience is that taking on somebody else's responsibility because they don't know what's going on. It, it it creates a cycle of miscommunication and it also um it, it just makes me mad. And so now I'm always irritated with you and I'm coming from an irritated place because I can respect, like I can I can be more okay with somebody just genuinely not knowing than people not doing the work to know. I feel like those are two different categories. Cause I'm a person that if I don't know, I'm just gonna say I don't know. And I'll mean it with my heart. But if I don't know because I simply don't, I, because I don't want to talk about it or because it's an area that's touchy or sticky for me, like that's a different, that, that's a different approach. Everything can't be, I don't know though. So let's talk about this. Oh, as, as, let's, let's talk about this. This was, this was an important question, checkpoint question that you and I had kind of touched on when we were having another conversation, but I'm thinking about like who got hurt if you're the person well just in general not I mean I'm not even gonna say that I'm not even gonna preface it that way who got hurt that wasn't supposed to because I couldn't control myself or I wasn't intentional about what I was doing when I was doing it do you have a story to share you care to share a story I do so um you mentioned relationships. So I was in a relationship for umpteen years, more years than I care to really say. Um, and the person who I was in a relationship with was just um, haphazard as it related to everything. Mm-hmm. Free-spirited, um, creative, and a lot of times creative people can just be Um, They can lack roots. And I think that was the case with this person. And for me, I was the collateral. My heart was the collateral damage. Mm. My, and when your heart is damaged, it also 
um, your heart is the wellspring of your life. And when your heart is damaged, your life is compromised. And so because this person was just irrational in what they were doing, not really intentional at all. And when you lack intentionality, you also lack consideration for what's on the other side of your pleasure. Um, And because I was on the other side of that, um, I constantly took blows and wounds to the heart, um, which really incapacitated my ability to be my best self. Mm. And um, so that's, that's me being kind of the, at the expense of someone who couldn't control Mm -hmm. themselves. But I would say for myself in, in my personal times of, living for myself I've definitely what I have seen to be the outcome are damaged relationships um people who've gotten hurt regardless of what the type of hurt that they they've experienced um it has damaged it's broken the trust it's damaged the ability to be able to connect with that person or those people um and you know that those type when that happens a lot of times can be life altering and so you know of course we're resilient people we can bounce back but it didn't have to be that way we could have um you know we lost time we lost connection we lost affection we lost support and encouragement because Living in the wind. Okay, so can I ask a question there? Because that was really good. So as you were talking, I had a question. Is it cool for me to ask it? Yeah. Okay. So when you were the one that was the 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 person who was doing the hurting because you were in the wind or you were living, quote unquote, selfishly, if you could go back to a moment where you now in reflection mode know that it was that you were moving without regard for the other person. Like, what would you say now about that situation? Like if you have the opportunity to have that conversation, like what are some of the main points that you would hit um, just in relation to whatever happened? Mm. I think really just an apology. That would probably be the first thing. Um, Just taking responsibility for, my behaviors and my actions and um, my irresponsibility, my inability to be what they needed me to be. Um, And I also would seek understanding because sometimes when we're operating in such a self-absorbed way, we, we create a wall in which we're unable to really understand others in the outside world mm-hmm. or the external world. And I think my second, the second thing that I would want to do is just to understand why that hurt them. Because that insight, one, will help me to understand that person better. Two, if my desire and goal is to bridge that relationship Um, It will help me to understand how to do that better. 
Um, but I will also want to let them know that um, I'm present now. Maybe I was unable for whatever reason or chose for whatever reason to not be present and to be more attentive to myself than to them at the time. But I would definitely want them to know that um, I'm in a different space and I'm now able to give them what they need and I'm willing to put in the effort. Um, I think a lot of times we, as we're living for ourselves, we don't want to put in effort towards anything but ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely, yeah, an apology, seek to understand and then make a very clear statement that if reconciliation is something that they desire, that I'm willing to do the work. And boom. So listen, you said something so very important. And you said, lead with the apology. In in essence, that's what you said. So listen, 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 listen. This is like a guidebook for somebody. I don't know who it's for, but it's a guidebook for, for the things not to do when it comes to me and the people in your life. If you know me personally, don't do this. But if you don't know me personally, don't do this for the people that you know personally. What One thing, let's talk about the keys to apologizing, period. It's not an apology, friends, family, people. If you start your apology with, I'm sorry if you felt blank. That's the worst. And I hate it. And I'm about to step onto a soapbox and I'm going to tell y'all why I hate it because it's not genuine. What you're doing is you're displacing the person's feelings onto them instead of taking responsibility for how what you did or what you said affected that person. So when you are giving an apology, it's typically not going to be well received and it's not a genuine apology if you tell the if you come out the gate with, well, hey, I'm sorry if you felt offended by when I raised my voice at you because I was mad. You are implying the underlining message with that. The underlying message with that is, well, I don't think I was wrong, but because you expressed that you were bothered by me raising my voice or whatever the issue was, I'll apologize. And I'm sorry if you felt that way. No, the person is letting you know that they're upset about something. So instead of saying that, you could say, I apologize for how my approach to X, Y, Z affected you. Mm -hmm. What do you need from me? Because the other part of an apology is it's not just saying sorry. It's not just acknowledging what you did. It's also asking, what can I do to repair it? Yeah. What do you need from me? Because a lot of times we still want to be in control when we were in the wrong or we were perceived to be in the wrong. So it becomes a power struggle there. So it's like, after you give the apology, you then ask, okay, so what do you need? What do you need from me? Mm-hmm. Instead of assuming what that person what that person needs. And give it time. If that person doesn't have an answer right then, maybe they don't. Maybe nobody has ever asked them that in trying to resolve a conflict. So that's an opportunity to A, acknowledge and humble yourself. B, to seek to repair it through finding out what they need from you and see moving forward from there, like move forward. And if they need time and if that, and if that's what they say, yo, I need time. 
give them the time. Give them the time because that's I believe that I believe that is one of the best ways to repair relationships and breakdowns. But one thing, if I can have a transparent moment, Leash, like one thing that I do is I am always, for the most part, ready to resolve right then and there. Oh, it's a problem. Let's talk about it right now. So we can go ahead and move past it. And then after we move past it, I probably don't want to revisit it anymore. But what I have had to learn in growing and becoming more mature is that everybody does not deal with conflict like I deal with conflict. Yeah. Everybody does not deal with a misunderstanding in the same the, in the same way that I do. And why I while I may be able to be more vocal just because that is my personality and I typically don't have a hard time identifying my feelings or expressing them other people might so I think that being in the wind is paying I'm not being in the wind excuse me is paying attention to the person that you're dealing with no Mm -hmm. matter what the level of the relationship is it's really like focusing in on who are you around what are their needs what they got going on and how can you show up for them as opposed to I'll get to it if and when I get to it yeah you know, when you just said that, it the word that came up um, in my mind was honor. Mm-hmm. Um, when relationships are broken like that, trust needs to be rebuilt. And trust, um, trust starts with honor. When you are able to honor someone and operate by an honor code with integrity Um, with fairness, um, when you're able to operate with credibility, which sometimes takes time, and you're able to operate with respect, you're able to rebuild that trust. I think a lot of times we dive so fast into like, okay, I apologize. Um, Trust me again. Trust me again. And that is not how it works for some people. Like for some people, they're able to apologize and trust you immediately again. For um, other people, they need time they need you to reprove yourself and -hmm. you can do that by being honorable. You can do that by operating with integrity and moral character. Um, And in order to be all of those things, you have to be planted. You have to be rooted. You cannot be blowing in the wind. Blowing in the wind is instability. Oh my goodness. I'm triggered. I'm triggered because I, have experienced so many lessons and and else let's be clear as a result of allowing people into my space or in or into yeah into my space for longer periods than they should have been or at all who work very clearly you you have you just don't know <laughs> there's no other way to say it's like, bro you just holding a win I'm not just talking about me I'm saying bro as a as a common term, but you just in a win. You don't know. And so I'm I'm looking, I'm looking back over we even say the past, I say the past 10 years at casualties of the game. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Casualties. Because people just did not know. Or they knew when it was comfortable for them, but outside of their comfort, there was when the comfort when a blanket was 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 snatched off, I guess they're like, Mm-mm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. What is this? I don't know. So, 
I think that's another thing too that um being in the wind, I think it increases. I think it increases and you see a lot more of it when people are uncomfortable. Mm. When they're triggered, they're uncomfortable or they're challenged. Because I think those are all pressure points. Or when they're asked direct questions or have to give a definitive response to something. Yeah. So at its core, we could even say that um, lacking or not being planted or being in the wind is manipulation. Yeah. Not only is it not, I don't know, even if I may know, I just don't want to tell you because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, it's also manipulation because I'm, I'm in the gray area. So I never really have to commit to something. So I'm just kind of going to pull you with me, um, in hopes that you're just kind of go on a ride, go on a ride with me. Listen, that's so real. And it's manipulation, but it's also, it's manipulation to the other party involved Mm -hmm. to the party. It is escapism. Mm-hmm. The way, you know, everything that you just described, um, what you'll find with a lot of people who just drift from thing to thing, there's no intentionality, there's no um, stability, there's no, um, they're, they're, they're never planted anywhere for a decent period of time, is that they're running from something. Mm-hmm. And when you're running from something, you're always going to try to hide what you're running from, which it it stems into manipulation because you're trying to hide it from yourself, but you're definitely trying to hide it from any other parties involved. Mm-hmm. But you're trying to you're trying to make it you try to put um, icing on it to make it look pretty when really it's toxic on the inside. Not that it baked a whole toxic cake. Mm-mm. I don't want it. I don't want any parts of it. I don't want to eat your toxic cake, please. With icing on top, honey. Ew. No, no. So the whole point of this is to shed light. Definitely not ever to bash. Um, just to shed light for points of reflection. Because if we're being honest, we've all had our times and our moments where we have been 100% in the wind um, or led people on or stayed in the situation for longer than we should have um, knowing the signs of not being firmly planted or just having difficult periods in our life where we should have taken some time to kind of understand where we were with things but instead we pushed along um, with our connections with other people and other people were damaged as a result of our woundedness that was not addressed at that time. So let's get into this. We talked about ourselves. We talked about the inner reflection for us, but what's the application for culture, the, the mainstream culture? Because of course, you know, we love culture over here. We always have things to say about current events and tying in popular culture to growth and development. So Let's get into this with culture. Where's, where's the intersection with that? Uh, where, what do you think the conversation is with being in the wind and popular culture? So to me, I think that popular culture applauds being in the wind. I think that, um, you know, when I think about television, mm-hmm. 
and all of the different shows that have the highest ratings. You know, they've been going on for season after season after season, making brand new shows. Um, a lot of them involve perpetual dysfunction, instability, um, <laughs> what I would call mental illness. Um, <laughs> Honestly, know, in a lot truly. of cases. Um, you know, shows like Love and Hip Hop and um, the Housewives, all the Housewives shows, Couples mm-hmm. Therapy, Marriage Boot Camp, like all of these different types of shows we indulge in, we obsess over, um, they consume our time because we're so intrigued for whatever reason by other people's dysfunction and drama. But what happens is we are so wrapped up in that we start to become that slowly but surely whether it's, hmm. whether or not if it's we start by repeating some of the phrases that they use or using some of the words or the slang or the vernacular that they use or if we begin to operate in our relationships like they begin like a lot of those sh- stories start off with a strong love story and it turns mm-hmm. toxic really quick hmm. so we, mm-hmm. we fall into these fantasies without taking the time to really see if I'm playing it and if the person who I'm falling in love with is playing it. But we do that because that's how that's what they showed on Live, Love and Hip Hop. That's how their relationship started. They've been in a relationship for 15 years. Now, Love and Hip Hop ain't going to tell you that they've been in a relationship for 15 years. It was only good for one. <laughs> and then the other 14 was straight crazy. But they're not gonna give you that background. No, they're not gonna tell you all of that. They'll tell you a little bit just to keep you, you know, wrapped up in the show. But they're not gonna tell you like what's really going on behind the scenes. And we begin to we begin to model our lives after these shows that are steeped in dysfunction and instability. Um and mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> no, can we take it back a little bit before um, the Love and Hip Hop and Housewives era? Because again, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking about Flav and mm-hmm. and New York mm-hmm. now. Oh, my God, like first and foremost. In retrospect, very entertaining. Like, I can't even lie to you. Like, on Valentine's Day, when when VH1 plays the marathon, I'm playing it. I'm not even going to lie to you because that's, that is entertainment to me. That is prime entertainment to me. Yeah. But even the, even the mindset of let's all compete for the quote-unquote love of this one person who's openly dating everybody and eliminating people as sport mm-hmm. that is all all the dysfunction mm-hmm. all the drama and then just just the issues that come out ahead of that so okay so it started with did ray j come before flave or did ray j go after flave i think flave was the original right yeah i think flave flave was first okay flave and then it was new york and then after New York, it was probably Ray J. And then the game, right? Yeah. The game? Yeah. So I, I'm sure I'm, I might have gotten it partially wrong, but how many of those relationships work, Leash? None. 
that would be zero. <laughs> that would be zero. None of the seasons, because Flav had several seasons, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> he had at least two that I can remember, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the New York, and then it was Hoops, right? Hoops, yep. Oh, Lord. No, did he win? Did she win? I or was remember. she a finalist? I can't remember. But, but no, then there was Delicious, Delicious too, right? Yes, ma'am. I'm stressed because <laughs> I'm just, I'm stressed. I need to understand. Flav, we have labeled you as being in a win. What? Be, Flav, Flav, these gorgeous <laughs> women. Yeah, them too. These gorgeous women. Them what? too. Yes. Let's not count them out. What's going on in your head? Okay. <laughs> Scripted or not. And even like, like, let's get into this. Of course, we know, we know as responsible consumers that a lot of these shows that we just mentioned we're very clear that they're scripted and that they are curated for entertainment purposes but you got to think about the level of integrity that even goes behind you agreeing to sign on for a show like that you're agreeing to promoting a storyline that is steeped in drama and discord and dysfunction and it's being sold and marketed or presented to the mass, the, the the mass community, right, as being real, and people really like hop into this character. So then, what happens is there's a difference between you, the character that you play, mm-hmm. and then you, the quote unquote real you. So that, in and of itself, glorifies instability because your you your your persona, who is still the name that you're going under. Is being amplified and you're getting a whole check. Like you're getting TV time. You're getting press time. You're getting exposure for upholding drama. Yeah. And because because you're getting a check for it, which is supplying your basic needs, Mm -hmm. plus for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, you then, the line between the performance and the image and who you really are starts to become very blurry. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. It, it, after a while, it becomes difficult to separate what you do from who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prime example, don't ask me why I'm on a binge watch. I, I don't have the time to explain it. But I've been watching, or re, I should say re-watching, Braxton Family Values, right? Because it's on Netflix. So I had just watched the whole first season, and I just got past the reunion show. And so Wendy was the host. Not that it really matters, but just for context. Wendy was the host. And one of the questions that stood out to me as I was watching it was when they did the poll of who everybody's favorite Braxton's sister was and of course guess who it was we we know this Mm -hmm. absolutely and it was because of the drama that she brought now do I believe that a lot of that is absolutely her that was presented at that time absolutely she was being who she was amplified by the camera but then when I watched the the beginning of the second season it opened up with Tony talking about how there were a lot of issues amongst the sisters because now all of the sisters share, at that point, they were sharing equal exposure and fame. So 
she was saying that, you know, basically she was implying that the the fame and the exposure had gotten the Tamar's head. Mm. So again, when when we're put in situations of pressure, here's how we relate it back to being in a win. When we put when we're put in situations of pressure, the the nastiness comes out if it if it's in us. Mm. If it's in us, it comes out of us. And so if you are not planted and you're in and, and you just flapping in the wind, just wherever the wind blows, that's where you at. And you just don't ever know that is amplified when pressure is applied in the same way that these reality stars who are real life people who really do have real issues and real strengths and are probably for the most part, several of them are, are likable in real life. When you fall into that character and, and, and you're being you're being promoted for being that character the lines get blurred. And so now are you performing or are you you? So that, that goes back to having a level of connectedness, which I think is another characteristic of trying to stay planted and not be in the wind. Yeah. So um, another media example, another media example that I thought of while you were talking leash was about um, let's look at the internet. So we talked about reality TV, but let's talk about the internet. A lot of these stars and people that, are considered to be influencers and celebrities today are people whose lives we feel like we have access to because of social media and the internet. So I'm even looking at like shade room, right? And you know, if did you know like it's a whole marketing strategy for people to go up under a popular shade room post, which for the most part, they're all popular. People just, you know, pe- people are in the comment section, but you will find that if you scroll long enough, you will find people who are promoting whatever they have going on because they know that people are viewing it. So you're tagging along. Let's say the headline is a cheating scandal mm-hmm. in somebody's real life. Not like this was staged. Not this is somebody who is filming a reality show. No, in real life, this person has been cheated on. And that's the storyline. And you got somebody up under somebody's real life drama, coattailing behind that to say oh by the way um come on over here to my to my to my page where I am doing workout videos or whatever it is you know who does it all the time um I cannot think of his name um he was on Love and Hip Hop surprisingly he was um Milan is that his name I don't know yeah (laughs) I don't know I don't know his full name but his name is Milan something and I and I Excuse me for getting it wrong, but he consistently does it. He will always, he'll, he'll reply and he'll respond and give like a one-liner about whatever the actual story is, but then he'll segue into, but yeah, but anywho, I got a show on this channel. So again, that normalizes, that, that normalizes um, the instability and that normalizes the the intersection of culture and just indecisiveness and, and lack of conviction, mm-hmm. lack of balance, lack of um, standards that are consistent and in, in, in a solid standard for me. Yeah. So we dived into all of that. We had some really good stuff. Like I feel like people will be able to do a lot of good self-reflection and also understand just more from the examples that we use from our own lives and from popular culture 
about just how important of a topic this is. So let's get into our level up lessons. Like, what are the takeaways? What do we want people to take away from this? So the first thing that I can think of is that, baby, the truth does not change just because you don't like it and you don't align with it. A lot of times we want people to change the actual truth, not what we perceive to be the truth, but the actual truth, like the facts of the situation. Facts don't get erased because they make you uncomfortable mm. or facts don't get erased because you don't agree with how it's presented. The facts are the facts and you have to get past the other stuff. And I think that that's important as we try to work through getting more planted and getting more grounded, becoming more intentional which is the opposite of being in the wind, planning, intentional, um, accountable. And like you said, you got to leave the truth with that. So I think that's an important lesson. What do you have? What's yours? Yeah. So for me, I just, you know, being in the wind, you have to think about the wind. Think about the essence of the wind. The wind blows everywhere. It blows everywhere. <sighs> it's unpredictable. It blows at any moment. It could be a soft wind that, you know, blows across your face and it feels great. It could be a harsh wind that is, um, you know, brisk and it could be in the wind is un- unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you need to decide your direction. It's important for you to decide what is it? What's your intention? What are you wanting to do? What are you looking to see? What outcome are you looking to to have? Um, and you need to make a decision and you need to stick with that decision. Hmm. Say the last part again. Do what now? Make a decision. Stick with that decision. We we like very it. well. We, we like cho- choices and to change our mind a lot, <laughs> which is not wrong with choices. <sighs> However, there is something wrong with the inability to make a choice and stick with it. I'm triggered I'm for good reason though this is very good self-reflection is always good so I appreciate that one thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart okay (laughs) (laughs) so I think that we touched on this one a little bit but just to expound on it a little bit more um, if we're thinking about when we also talked about being planted and Another level up lesson is to remember that nothing grows that's not planted. I don't care if it's a weed, a flower, a tree. If it's not planted, it's not going to grow. Mm -hmm. Only things that are planted grow. So someone, something that is in the wind is not properly planted. So it's wavery. It doesn't have a home and it's not stable. And just remember that in order to get the maximum benefits of growth, whether that be growth in your relationships, excuse me, growth in your your health, you touched on health, growth in your business or um, your professional life. If you don't stay planted, you're not going to see growth. If you are always hopping on to the next thing after one thing makes you remotely uncomfortable or after it doesn't produce the exact results that you want it to produce in the time you want it to be produced, you're not going to see the results or you're not going to be able to properly assess what needs to be done differently, better or not at all, because you're constantly moving. Yeah. So sometimes you have to sit still, stay where you're at. And, and really put your eyes on the situation. Sit back, take a step back from, 
but don't fully remove yourself so that you can really get an understanding and, and understand what it means to be planted and then make a move from a more sound and stable space. Yeah. It's always it's always in somebody's benefit to be stable and not hasty in making a decision because a lot of times when we are in haste, um, we end up paying for it later. Yeah. Can I add something to that? Please do. Um, in addition to that, you need to care deeply about something other than yourself. Oh, yes. So more. I, mm-hmm. I would really encourage everybody. I'm not a, I don't have a green thumb, um, but I would encourage everybody to just look up plants, flowers, mm-hmm. whatever, and trees, anything that grows um, in nature and study roots. Roots are deep. And in order to truly be planted, like study different trees that live for umpteen years and study how deep their roots are. Mm -hmm. In order for you to really be planted, you have to have deep roots. And in order for you to not blow in the wind, you have to have deep roots about something outside of yourself. Oh, you know, this is just great. This is great. This is great. And to wrap it back around to our song reference, which is what more can I say? Those key lines. I'm everywhere. You ain't never there. Such and such. Why would I ever care? Like he's what if you even if you break down those couple lines, he's saying I'm summer everywhere. I'm 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 where I'm at. You're not ever in place, and why would I care? And so that point, that type of attitude, and again, not moving in context with the entire song, but just those few lines, when you apply those lines and that approach to the things that we talked about, relationships, health, um, conflict, being present with others, being able to receive correction, being able to look at the lens of things from culture, like... That is an example of what we don't want to be because at the end of the day, his, after he tells you where he's at, he proceeds to tell you where you're at and he's projecting on to you, bro, I don't care. I don't care. So that is a mentality that I believe it's important that we take a look at where, where are we being selfish? Where are we summoned everywhere? And where are other people in relation to where we are? Are they never there? Why are we not planted? Is it by choice or is it because of a level of woundedness that we haven't addressed and that we need to heal from? Mm. And so we, we've dropped several gems. I hope that you caught them all. If not, feel free to tap into this episode one more time. Tap into this entry. So that concludes, this concludes, this this episode, this discussion, but before we go, Alicia, where can the homies find you on social? How can they keep in contact with you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My um, my name is Miss A-N-S, so M-S-A-N-S-7 on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find me by name. My name is Alicia, A-L-E-C-I-A, last name Swoop. S-W-O-O-P-E. My friends like to call me DJ Leash, but on Facebook, <laughs> you can call me Alicia. <laughs> truth, truth, truth. You always come with a 
good a good playlist okay so hire her for your next your next shindig (laughs) (laughs) shameless plug but alicia thank you so much for spending time with us here at the level up diaries we love you we appreciate you and hopefully we can have you back soon yeah thank you for having me of course so until next time never forget that there's layers and levels 